One of the most vivid and uplifting stories emerging from the conflict in Mali has been the one about the ancient manuscripts of Timbuktu and how the people of that historic city saved many of them from destruction at the hands of Islamist militants. It was a reminder of just how vulnerable many of Africa's cultural treasures are. Today we want to share another story of cultural preservation in Africa. This one involves Ethiopian music and a Frenchman named Francis Falsetto. He's a curator of a 28-CD collection titled Ethiopique. It features, among many others, the great Mulatu Astatke. Thanks in part to Francis Falsetto and his Ethiopique series, that track was featured in the 2005 movie Broken Flowers with Bill Murray. The series has sparked global interest in Ethiopia's music. Francis Falsetto was in town recently to deliver a talk at Harvard University. He also stopped by our studio to tell us how he embarked on the project. I did not decide one day to do it. A friend of me played a vinyl. This was exactly April 84. I do remember the precise day. And I was amazed. I never heard about this music, such a music, you know. Who was so, the musician that you heard? Mahmoud Ahmed, Eremela mm. Mela. I mean, supposedly I was kind of knowledgeable about African music in general. But uh, I was amazed by this. It didn't sound like anything else. So I made some quick survey uh, asking to some friend of mine, music journalist, and everybody was telling me, they was that? Where did you get it from? Do you have more stuff like this? So at that time, I was working for a non-profit organization making concerts. Then we decided to invite this Mahmoud Ahmed. Never I thought I could be discussed about that with you 30 years later. And when you first went to Addis Ababa and started digging through the archives where these master tapes and vinyls were, were found, what kind of condition were they in? I mean... That this was the first time for me to go to Africa. But on top of that, it was a dictatorship then. Uh, between 1974, the fall of Elisa Lassie, and 91, you have no idea how tough it was. The regime of Mengistu Hali Mariam, I mean, it, it, they did a lot of disservice to the music of Ethiopia simply by imposing a curfew. Was that part of the motivation for you, that the music was kind of being ignored and you felt... Somebody had to step in and do something. I didn't know that. I came to understand that when uh, I went there for the first time. I myself, uh, I was willing to spend the night and see the night music scene. But I understood the curfew had never stopped since 74. I mean, 10, 11 years after, still it was there and, and it totally killed the, the nightlife. Once you started digging into the archives and discovering this music, listening to it, I mean, you went to some vaults, presumably, where the master tapes were in terrible condition, right? I mean... Or was, were they in good condition? Very, very quickly, I understood that one of the main labels was Amaha Records. Amaha Echete was the owner of this record, and I came to understand that he was in exile in uh, the United States. So very quickly, I came to Washington, D.C. to visit him and tell him about my project and how can we 
have a license and, and to, to re-release this stuff. On, on, so on he was in exile from the Mengistu regime yes, in Washington. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, your, your, your focus suddenly turned from Addis to Washington. Yes, I, I can because you know I proceeded according to the international copyright law. You know you have to deal with the owner of the masters. And was this man in a position to give you permission? Then he was, but yeah. uh, as he was in exile, he had no paper with him, no book note, no address book. It was difficult from exile. We knew it was in Athens, Greece. The, the masters. The masters. Yes. What were they doing there? Because uh, there are never pressing plants in Ethiopia. They were. Initially, uh, Amaha Ishete and uh, his label, uh, Amaha Record, were depending on Indian pressing, then Lebanese pressing, and finally uh, Greek pressing, you know. It's a real scavenger hunt that you went on to get this ah, music. It's, it's, it's just like a detective uh, story, you know. <laughs> uh, it took about 10 years to locate, uh, for sure, the master. So what do Ethiopians think about this uh, series, the Ethiopic series? I have a lot of supporters, of course. Uh, but there are a lot of people having a suspicious vision of my work. What I mean, is their suspicion? I'm a foreigner. I may make a lot of money out of that, you know. Do especially you? At, no, for, unfortunately, no. Uh, you are a foreigner, but you don't make a lot of money. From <laughs> no, this. no, no, no. I mean, I, I would be very pleased that anybody else, Ethiopians, uh, Abyssinians, make it. But uh, as I see that nobody try to even start to do it. That's the way I, I did it. Still, there is this divide, I think, of visual art, sculpture, why it all ends up in galleries in Europe. Have you ever felt the the pressure of being a foreigner and kind of in this post-colonial state taking the music away? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, constantly. How have you been able to rationalize it? It depends on your behavior, the way you proceed. My personal background is a very libertarian one. So it, it was very helpful to face the suspicion of uh, many Ethiopian and, and foreigners also, you know, which I can understand, you mm. know. How come it is a French guy taking care of an Ethiopian heritage? This deserves to give some uh, explanation, you know. Your talk is called Sense and Nonsense in Musical Globalization. So let me ask you, what does make sense and what is nonsense in the globalization of music? Uh, Isn't it all, to a certain degree, out of our control? To answer your, your question first, Etiosonic is another series I have started a few years ago and dealing with Ethiopian music worldwide. And as I, I received a lot of tapes, CDs, live recording from all over the world of uh, foreigners playing Ethiopian music. I thought first, this is helpful. It's a kind of recognition of Ethiopian music at some point. And that's why I've started this series. I'll give you uh, a double CD I've released last year. And mm. you have 28 bands from dozens of countries, from, from Japan to Australia, from America, from Brazil, from Incredible. all over Europe. But all inspired by Ethiopia. Totally. And yeah. for me, it's, it's a phenomenon worth uh, being taken care of. Francis Falsetto with Buddha Music in Paris. He is the curator and producer of the Ethiopic series. So great to meet you. Thanks for coming here. Thank you for the invitation. Here's a track from that Ethiosonic album we were just talking about. It's a song titled Emnete by the Imperial Tiger Orchestra from Switzerland. Talk about the global spread of Ethiopian music. 
By the way, one person who's been especially inspired by the music in Falsetto's Etiopique series is Russ Gershon. He's the founder of the Boston-based jazz ensemble Either Orchestra. You can hear Gershon talk about how Etiopique influenced him at theworld.org. From the Nan and Bill Harris studios at WGBH, I'm Marco Werman. Thank you for listening. Thank you.